You would look good in one of Big T's tees. Hello and welcome to Sports Best Friends, NRL season, a podcast as excited about football as this season is about ending. It will be unbelievable and I think it, it probably will be a dream that we're chasing and um, I just hope we go good. I'm Big T Views of my own and I'm recording these views on Brooks Island, sitting in a small boat just off the beach, looking back on the year that was. And I mean year, not season. This has been a particularly productive year for me and I wanted to take some time reflecting and uh, just, I don't know, re- reliving, re-relishing in, in these achievements. Now, this might sound uncomfortable for a lot of Australian listeners and most of us are, uh, that listen are Australian, most of my centurions, but uh, this this might sound like bragging or big noting to a lot of people who have grown up in, in a modern day Australian culture but this is just celebrating success and I know anyone um, that would be listening to this would be a well-wisher you guys are well-wishers so now you can hear how well your wishes went anybody watched a series of rugby league games they'd never go back to watching Union or AFL or soccer well first of all the season started uh, with with me taking Littlest to his first full game of football well we caught the bus two buses down a Leichhardt Oval, walked down Mary Street, talking about the hallway, wearing particular clothes, flags, took a packed lunch, sat in the stands at Leichhardt Oval um, to watch Tasha Gale, uh, some Tasha Gale football, the West Tigers, um, I think, beating Canterbury, and then uh, us catching the bus back. So that was a great, wholesome way to start um, the year in January, February, whenever it was, seeing a full game of football. But of course, that led into um, uh, curating the Blocker Locker, so I wanted to give a shout out quickly to Ma underscore Aaron, who of course gave me a lifetime supply of big leagues and, and there were so many posters and that that just needed to be seen by the world and that that helped really instigate that. I know, I know Blocker Lock has been well documented uh, on this podcast or through my social, so I won't go too much into it, but having so much rugby league stuff in my life and not knowing where to put it, jerseys, scarves, commemorative stuff, um, or biscuit tins and weird bis- weird presents that people had given me over the years. I didn't know where to put it. Couldn't live in my car. Couldn't live in my house. Couldn't just be in my uh, workspace. So eventually I needed to make a, a specific place for it and it was all the better for it. And and of course, Mars' incredible collection of, of big leagues was probably the biggest motivator for that to happen. But goddamn Gutten again's also been great. He sent me cards. He sent me other little... Funny little things from from eBay, and for no reason other than the fact that Gundam Gunton again is one of the one of the, my biggest legends on social media. So thanks for that, Gunton. I'm sure all of the uh, cases of beer that I've sent you over the <laughs> couple of seasons have paid it back, but uh, you didn't need to send anything to me, sir. So that that's been great. And obviously, Steve Russo, he he did some great art and sent that to me as well to put up in the blocker. Like lots of people did that. Uh, also, my anonymous backer from the NRL HQ who sent me unusual weird stuff. Uh, fantastic little bits. Hey Sam bought me a cute little ball while we're at um, Magic Round. I'll get to Magic Round a bit later, but lots of little things like that that people would do just so that the, their stuff that they loved and didn't know where to put also had a house. Book collection exploded, lots of things like that. Uh, and the other big thing that happened in the before the NRL season really started was the New South Wales Rugby League commentary. Now, the first game of that 
was in Aberdeen, which was like a three and a half, four hour drive for me up north to see the North Tigers. And the fact that it was the Northern Tigers was, you know, pretty special uh, or significant. And that the Tigers were the first game I ever got to, to officially come to. It was at McKinnon Oval as well, which was Alex McKinnon's dad or granddad. His family is quite a uh, strong part of the football world up there. And so that was a nice little time, considering so much of my rugby league family also comes from Newcastle. It was a great thing. And then I did a bunch of other games at Camden, commentating West Tigers, Andrew Johns Cup and the Laurie Daly Cup, Tasha Gale games, heaps of them at Camden Oval, which then culminated in doing the uh, the, the finals and grand final at Leichhardt Oval, which was, again, just incredible that from a short space of time, just a few months of commentating, um, the people, Simon and the people, Peter, who were running New South Wales Rugby League TV thought that, uh, I was the kind of person that they'd want adding colour or, or running um, one of the grand final games in the hot seat with Sully, uh, Sully Sullivan. Just, a, you know, a, a moment that I didn't think would ever happen. Uh, not something I dreamed of, although commentating is something that I'd really put on my list and really wanted to happen. Commentating a grand final at Leichhardt Over was, was a real reach goal, something that I'd never even put into my brain. It was something that maybe I'd thought about if I'd been commentating for a few more years, but the fact that that could happen in that in that short period of time was so incredible. And, and to see the doctor down there as well, he came to, to be an audience member and took a fantastic photo of me while I was commentating, and he sent it to all of our friends just because he could see the absolute unbridled joy on my face while calling Manly versus Canberra. Um, yeah, he just wanted to share it with all of our other friends just so that they could also relish in the uh, love and affection that I was having for rugby league that day. But I also had a chance to ground announce Malta versus Latin Heat and Brazil versus Uruguay in uh, Liverpool, Sydney's Liverpool. And I, and I want to thank Carbs and, and Phil Brown for that, uh, for organising that day and giving me that opportunity. That was that was really fun. And also, just before the rugby league season started, rugby league modern day Prince, which is now called uh, rugby league since 1908. So cute little Instagram account you should get around if you're not already. They gave me a chance to be their WT expert, their West Tigers expert. Um, picking a squad and giving a season review, a season preview, sorry. Uh, and it went like this. Two questions all Tigers fans are asking are about Laurie and Dwayhe. I'm all in on Laurie, and yes, I'm all in on Dwayhe too. The fact our spine has been so sincerely rigid and improved, um, or rejigged, I think it actually says, and improved, makes me feel we are all in for a way better year. Couple that with an aggressive forward pack, Led by one of 2020's best front rowers, I can see way more wins than losses. In conclusion, Tigers come second. <laughs> if we peak Joey, if we get peak Joey and Jet, we will win the whole thing. Now, look, I don't disagree with that. Uh, obviously, we didn't come second, uh, but there were lots of unusual and weird things that happened this year that were beautifully documented by uh, Tales of Tiger Town, and so. I'm, I'm, although I'm now not surprised we didn't come second, I'm not at all also surprised that that's how optimistic I was at the beginning of the year. And I also was given the chance through Jamie B to to do a quick preview uh, on their fantasy football thing as well, which is a great little comp um, that you should get around uh, as well. And I think that's all of the previews that happened before the NRL season started. Well, if you're big, you got to play big. I've always really enjoyed art and particularly single line drawings that's something I've been doing for years but I really started experimenting this year with digital artworks as well which obviously culminated in big tease tease now 
This is something I'm obviously super proud of, to not only hone my artistic hand to be able to create images that I really liked and thought that were a good representation of what I was trying to do, but to have a community around me that also seeing them, valued them, and, and, and thought that they were worth further production um, was really special for me. And people like, obviously, my beautiful wife was incredible for that. My, my mom and dad were so supportive, and my sister, um, Hey Sam, saw a bunch of them and loved them. Uh, and carbs as well, constantly telling me these are great, you've got to sell them, these are great, you've got to do something with them. Um, and that was really special, just that they'd be that supportive and think that that's something that I should really do with them. Um, but to date, I think we've now sold over 55 teas, and, and that's probably, and I think it's exactly 55, and that's probably 50 more than I thought we would ever be purchased. <laughs> Um, so, so many of those t-shirts, in fact, were the, from people listening now. So those people, you are kind and generous, supportive people. And thanks for taking the time to support me in, in that way. And yeah, it was really special. If you're still on drawing, I was invited to join a team uh, that, that does the online rugby league mag, The Front Row, as an illustrator, which was also not something that I anticipated would happen, but... They also had seen what I was doing online and really liked it and wanted me to be part of the team. And that culminated in being asked to create their front cover for the grand final issue. Uh, you know, that's an incredible honor and show of love and respect from their editor, Tom, that I was taken aback by. And, and of course, that, you know, I said yes and was super excited about it, talked to him about what he wanted. Um, and, and I was so happy with what we came up with. And. Yeah, just incredible. But the major thing that happened with art this year, probably bigger than Big T's T's, was having the opportunity to sit down and, and do an Archibald portrait with Wayne Pierce. Obviously, Junior is, is a childhood hero of mine and, and a almost friend now through the process um, of sitting down with him a couple of times, once for doing a stories with, with Sports Best Friends stories, and then to do this, uh, what Archibald, you, you need to sit down and do a live sitting with your, um, not not patient, what are they, their muse? Uh, <laughs> that's a better word. P- person in the painting, uh, subject probably the, is the word. And uh, so he was happy to spend that time with me, and I went down to, I deliberately got us to, to spend that time down where he used to live in Balmain, uh, the, at the bottom of the street there, right on in Mort Bay Propeller Park. And and he just really enjoyed reminiscing about the time there and then about football. And it was very easy to just both feel relaxed and talk about um, lots of different things that, that were interesting to us both. And of course, I ended up just sitting there pretending to, to draw and scribble and, and take notes about what I'd draw later. But uh, essentially, I was just picking the brain of, of someone that I'd idolized and loved and admired for a really long time. So that was, a, that was a really special time for me. Creating the painting was also great, a really interesting process that I'd not been through, making about eight or nine of them and trying to redo and do again and make better and, and getting criticisms and feedback from, from a range of people. Um, you know, it was hard and challenging and, and rewarding and, 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 you know, I had a lot of growth. And then presenting it, not getting anything uh, from it other than a great piece of art and a, and a great relationship with Junior, but not getting the recognition that you know, a lot of people in my life were really hoping I would get that. A lot of people really liked that that painting and thought that something would happen, and it didn't happen. Uh, you know, obviously that's fine. I, I've kept it. It looks like um, the mayor, well, the ex, the mayor at the time, um, <laughs> who's trying to get reelected now, Darcy Byrne, liked it as well, and really wanted to put it somewhere public in, in Leichhardt, 
either in the chambers or in Balmain Library or somewhere like that, somewhere in the community, um, because he also thought the image was worth having up. Uh, and also, to, he, he knows how important Junior Pierce is to the community and so saw a value in having that face up um, somewhere around the place. But speaking of community and speaking about the community I was talking about before, I just wanted to go back to that because Magic Round, I touched on very briefly before, was such a great time for me for football. Obviously, going there and seeing all of those people being really in a music festival that goes for three days and is just about rugby league was a real time for me. And I'd never been in a space where everything was about that one thing. Living through the Olympics in Sydney was was great, but they would still go into bars and there'd be people there who didn't care about the Olympics. But during this festival time in Brisbane, everywhere I went, everyone cared about football and it was just such a special place to be in. And it also made me closer or solidified some online friendships that were there and, and were comfortable, but seeing them in real life and getting on with them in real life and, and feeling a real connection um, and chemistry, for lack of a better term, was, was really beautiful, particularly with, obviously I went with Hey Sam and he and I became super best friends, had some beautiful like 2am pancakes with Caleb Shanks, which was just, you know, a real time that made me feel very young uh, while I also felt very old. But spending a, a half of football with Jack, Jacko, yeah, the Vic, and Nick Tings during that Canterbury second half, they almost came back against Canberra, was fantastic. Watching the first half of that game with Gilby underscore Gillard, who's an excellent, excellent bloke who was half cut and just talking about how much he loves the Raiders. And you could really, it was infectious. I, you know, I almost forgave the 89 grand final just talking to him over 40 minutes. Got to finally meet One Eye, uh, One Eye Tiger, who was one of my favorite Twitter people of all the time. I think he was my third or fourth person I ever followed. And, didn't want to get off Twitter just because I found people like him, my underscore Aaron, hey Sam, Patty, all those people were the first people I found on here and they're all so great. Also, Bretto, uh, Bronze for John's, Princess Han, spent a great half of football. I think that was Roosters and Sharks. Beer Boy was down there too. Um, had such a great time with those people and, and getting to know them better. I kept bumping into to Bronze for John's and Bretto all over the place, um, you know, which was just an absolute pleasure to find those guys over and over again. Uh, Chapo as well, Fat Harry Lazy. I'd already had a relationship with Chapo, but seeing Fat Harry Lazy down there, I'd never seen him before, and he and I were super keen to finally meet. We did in the dying seconds of the weekend just before uh, Penrith went out to go and beat the hell out of the Titans, I think. Um, really great to see him in, in facial features, and he's such a warm-hearted bloke, uh, and you could feel that uh, through his incredible beard. But Chapo is such a great bloke and so, gets such a funny rap on Twitter. He's one of those classic Twitter guys who who's there for the fun of Twitter and the silliness of Twitter, and in real life is a real, really interesting, really knowledgeable bloke about lots of different sports, lots of different things. Still very opinionated, but but obviously a normal person who listens to you and is happy to talk to you and, and, and change his opinion. But on Twitter, he plays you know, the fun game of, of being the, the biggest chapo. Uh, the big news is obviously the omission of Jonathan Thurston. Now, that said community's been cultivated or activated, discovered, nurtured, I don't know, whatever, through Twitter, Instagram, and, and podcasting. Uh, but podcasting particularly took on a few milestones this year. I'm sure there are a few on Twitter and Instagram, but I think looking at likes or retweets or, or followers is, you know, a bit, a bit much. That doesn't feel, I don't know, it doesn't feel good or feel nice. It feels a little bit gross. And, and obviously we talked about this being a lovely space celebrating success and things like that, but, but I just feel like looking at those kind of raw number things is a bit a bit weird, so I didn't even do it. Uh, but podcasting, as I said, took on a few milestones, and, and I ended up obviously reaching over 200 episodes with Sports Best Friends, and I did more than 50 episodes of them just this year, um, as I didn't take an off-season. 
Also took on hosting Voluntary Tackle over the last couple of months as Eamon went on paternity leave for his own podcast and then uh, came back. But as a co-host, he <laughs> enjoyed being the person who just gets to insert uh, jokes and wisdom rather than having to, to steer it around. I did over 40 episodes with Chasing Kangaroos as well, and most of those were, were interviews, either interviewing amazing people from across the uh, growing rugby league world or interviewing carbs through through those chases, chaser episodes that we did. But more than that, I was featured on a number of them. So the Rugby League Digest was was kind enough to, to invite me on for an episode. I did a couple, I think, of Hypothetic RLs. Six Again invited me on. Six Again podcast. The Cumberland Throw asked me on to represent Footy Smiles. Bounce of the Ball asked me on. Westlife, I think, asked me on once or twice. I think I told him that we were going to come first when I did a preview. And and it was interviewed also on the Instagram, YouTube channel, League of Inches at the, at the beginning, as well as a West Tigers expert. So... There were just a whole bunch of, um, a whole array of different things. Uh, and, there were, and there were a few projects as well that were recorded but either didn't go to air or haven't yet gone to air, such as a podcast series Hey Sam was, was doing um, about people's favourites, which was a real pleasure to sit down and do. It was great. Uh, a podcast series I think Paddy Sills might not be doing now. He's put at least on pause for a while, um, 17 17 something anyway it, it was a real fun um, Paddy Seals uh, everyone knows from Twitter is a real interesting funny um, uh, passionate guy who's also extremely smart incredible memory so he, him doing any kind of podcast is going to be great I, I love doing West Tigers Weekly with him a thousand years ago and was really excited to hear that he was doing another podcast series um, and I don't know what happened that episode and a project that Sid Punce is doing where she's in the middle of making at the moment uh, about well, about the Batman Tigers or Super League or something, I'm not sure. He asked me to do a particular episode on Laurie Nichols, um, which I was happy to put together for him, and, and I can't wait to hear that whole series come together. But to be a part of so many different projects is humbling. To imagine anyone is listening to this is still a bit weird for me, but then to think other people want me to come onto their shows and represent the Tigers or Footy Smiles or Chasing Kangaroos or anything like that, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's humbling. This is an awareness. I'm just going through my <laughs> my sound bites through in numerical order at the moment, and that is sound bite seven. Uh, I continue to make a bunch of stories for Lilith and and really Boom's boy Brett. They're the same age. I'm sure you've heard a bunch of times. And every time I write a book for Lilith, I'm also imagining Brett reading it. They're, they're my two audience members, uh, and I've sent them to a bunch of other people who have asked through the year. Just printed them at my work and, and posted them off to different people when they've had babies or when they've met people who have got a kid or things like that. Wrote another three of them this year, in fact. They were Can You Show Me How to Pass, Fairness is Rugby League, I'm a League Fan Too, Rugby League, What's Your Favourite, West Belong Together, uh, which was a really lovely one that got some beautiful DMs from different West Magpie people, including one of the guys who runs West Magpie's account he was he was really lovely and really complimentary about that one um and they're looking at trying to make something out of that which was really kind of them um but rugby league what's your favorite is is a classic what's happening right now and i'm going to do a thing about it so littlest at the moment loves asking what's your favorite what's your favorite color what's your favorite bag what's your favorite shoe what's your favorite tree what's your favorite you know insert anything here that's in his brain and so i then wrote down i think 16 of the ones that he had asked and then did a book about that, asking each of the mascots what's their favourite, whatever, just to try and document as well this time in his life where he was just asking the most bizarre what's your favourites. Um, and so then later he can he can have that when he's older as well and show his kids or or not, I don't really care. 
just a cute thing for his for his mum and I to to reminisce about. And as I said, that took the total now up to I think fifteen different books. And without warning, Yvonne Sampson chucked me in a group email with one of the West Tigers media guys. Um, I think while she was producing the Tales from Tiger Town, and she just said, "There's a bloke here, Big T. He's such a great bloke, really great fan. I'm sure, you guys are aware of him, but he's also done a bunch of." Uh, kids books about rugby league and particularly around the West Tigers I think you guys should get involved with him and and do something for your next members pack or send them to the families that are in lockdown and things like that and the West Tigers guy was really polite uh, in front of Vonnie and then when he and I were talking he was still he was still polite and and whatnot but you could definitely feel that he was he was thinking this could happen yeah this could happen but then when it was just the two of us um, he said oh I really wouldn't know how this would work and and things like that and which I completely understand it was a really cute idea uh, I don't know if Yvonne has any idea how clubs work with merchandising and things like that. I certainly don't. So I had no preconceptions about what was going to happen. But um, obviously he, the guy running it or the guy we were talking to was the guy to talk to. And he said, you know, what, what you've got here is really great and you should really keep doing it. But I don't see a way for us to do it. But the point of this story was just that Yvonne would, would think about me um, and, and put herself out like that. She's such a great human like that. So generous with her time and, and such a big fan of rugby league and a big fan of fans and does a lot. Um, for things like that. It was so great to see her put Lachlan and Courtney into the uh, Westlife, uh, the Westlife documentary because he is such a phenomenal fan, one of our greatest fans. Um, and so to see him up there with that excellent photos and all his whole room and that little painstaking, you know, I just really want to see them win a grand final. The whole thing was great. I'm so glad that Vonnie, Vonnie put them into that uh, documentary because they are the kind of people that us as West Tigers fans can be proud of. And yes, Berger, you are officially a Tigers fan. Um, some other crazy things that happened, like that Vonnie thing, was that I was out of the blue asked to host an American Rugby League draft for the Carolina Cup. That was a bizarre bunch of text messages and then um, podcasts. Well, when I called the guy um, to do to just to ask him what the whole thing was about, I, I recorded it just to make that a podcast episode for Chasing Roos. Because it was just such a bizarre experience, and and I wanted a whole bunch of Australians to just kind of hear what was in the background of making a rugby league draft. What what would that look like and sound like, and what would I need to do beforehand? And um, Burrows, Team Burrows, I think ended up winning that game, but just the whole thing between Burrows and Newland are, t- are two great American rugby league players, and they just essentially picked from all of America the different rugby league and rugby players that could come together and, and play a game and. They did it live with me hosting it. It was, it was an incredible experience, bizarre experience. I was there at uh, 7 a.m. trying to drink some coffee, 6 a.m. trying to drink some coffee, and those two boys were there at whatever time it was for them, drinking beers, uh, just enjoying themselves. One of them, I think uh, Newland was in a brewery. It was, it was a weird time, particularly since I was in lockdown. Um, but also just the fact that I was part of a live drive. Really, really fun. Uh, and, of course, the season, this season's kind of ended with, with a bunch of little wins, uh, for the first time in my life, I won a tipping comp. I mean, I lost a bunch of tipping comps as well, but I won my uh, my family tipping comp, which is a real win for me. I was losing the entire year and then overtook Mercho right at the end. Uh, didn't do too badly in the work one or my in-laws one. I came second to my in-laws one, but to win any tipping comp uh, was a real boon for me. I loved that. And I also won the uh, sports best friend draft that we had at the beginning of the year. You might remember a whole bunch of those the, the, I did an episode on it where you, you got to hear all those guys come together and, and draft. Um, and I ended up winning that almost undefeated. I think I only lost three or four games. It was great. And Boomsy had a huge charge towards the end to overtake his brother come second, which Boomsy was super happy about. And congratulations to him. Uh, and of course, the last little thing that's just been great 
uh, is just the whole Benji Marshall story and, and all the great things that have happened for him this year. It was a real beautiful but heartbreaking moment to be at Bankwest last year, seeing him and Chris Lawrence uh, do their kind of lap of honour and, and waving and, and Benji not really wanting to say goodbye to Rugby League but kind of saying goodbye to the West Tigers fans. Uh, and, you know, it was it was a hard but but situation that we just needed to to do, regardless if it was the right one or not, we were in it and and everyone did the best that they could in that situation. But anyone who, who loves him was happy to see him go on to somewhere and be successful and and it was so great to see that that happened for him this year. It's just such a fantastic story and he's got such a beautiful little family and he's also got so much time for fans and all these articles I've read over the last couple of weeks about the time he would take to at any time of the day to stop and, and talk to people. I know the first time I ever got to meet him was he was at the Sackville. A whole bunch of Tigers players were at the Sackville. It was a Mad Monday, but it was definitely in the off-season. And I walked past and just went, wow, that looks like Mark O'Neill. Wow, actually, that looks like... Oh, my God, actually, wow, that entire pub is full of West Tigers players. Um, and instead of going in, I felt way too uh, overawed and felt like I, they wouldn't have let me in anyway. But kind of got to the corner, if you know the Sackville at all, got to the corner where the crossing is and kind of just paused there and just tried to take it all in, take a few breaths. And then as I went to leave, I saw Benji scoot out of the door and go into the car park. And I just thought, oh, well, I've got to, he's outside. He's now, he's not protected by walls, so I can go and accost him. So I ran into the car park and said, you know, Benjamin, I just wanted to thank you for everything you've done uh, in rugby league. You may have been going to a reunion next year, actually. Uh, thanks for everything. You're amazing. And he stopped in the car park, probably half cut to, you know, say, oh, that's really nice of you, blah, blah, blah. Um, thanks, mate you know, shuckers, big wink, something like that. And I left, you know, skipping along on cloud nine, just couldn't believe that I'd met Benji Marshall. And the next time was on Robbie, the greatest night I've ever had at Leichhardt over Robbie's 300th game. I've already waxed lyrical about this story a couple of times on the pod, but late at, you know, it was 12 or one o'clock, everyone was cooked. He'd already played an entire game. We'd been through all these speeches, everything was done and dusted and they're all trying to leave. And that's when I decided, okay, now I'll start to quickly try and take some photos and, Benji, I know, I grabbed him and went, oh, Benji, do you mind if I quickly take a photo? And you could feel his energy leave his body going, no, all of these people are supposed to have already gone. What's this loser fan doing here? But he went, yeah, no, yeah, come on, mate. Yep, yeah, real quick, let's go. And then, you know, and then after that, how, how, you know, how was tonight for you? You know, blah, blah, how do you know Robbie, blah, blah, blah. A quick chat with me and it was really sweet. I mean, as he was leaving, he wasn't going to stand there and talk to me, but uh, really didn't have to do that. Really could have just gone, oh, mate, this isn't a great time or... Um, you know, something like that, or oh, I'll catch you next time, things like that. But he didn't. He, he he took the time to stay there, and such a great bloke. Which is why I will tell everyone: not only is he walking into the Hall of Fame, he's a future immortal because of the impacts he's had on and off the field. Oh, what a hectic season! Plants in the Rugby League Garden of Eden. Now, of course, this wouldn't be Sports Best Friends without hearing from the wonderful world of Rugby League Twitter. A community that I love so much. I tweeted Grand Final night that uh, one of the saddest things about Grand Final um, is that it's the last time all of Rugby League Twitter's kind of together. NRL Rugby League Twitter's together. We're all talking together live at the same time. It's such a beautiful space to be a part of. Um, and so it's a real shame that it finished. So anyway, uh, obviously I'll get it in my NBA world hopefully. But I asked you guys, uh, what's been your highlight of the season so far. Now, I deliberately asked this before the finals because um, I didn't want that to impact it. I wanted to get a idea of, you know, what was your favourite bit outside of um, the postseason because it's a bit more 
open to everybody, I guess. Uh, now I'm just going to read these verbatim because that's the best way to, to do Twitter, just to look straight through the uh, the thread. The first one's from uh, Bachara Rob, one of the best responders to, to questions that I asked. So thanks for that, Rob. Um, highlight for me was when the halftime siren sounded in its Melbourne. <laughs> Tigers beating Panthers at Leichhardt with lids running 90. Stefano um, fanned on Kikau and scoring in Cleary. A, Cleary's a wanker chant. And then watching Storm play great footy almost every week. The freak they called Turbo. So, so four highlights there, Rob. I like that. Yeah, the Vic tweeted, uh, or sure, it's, it's YTV Gaza 94. I think I should go, I think I have to go with Magic Round. Just a chance to go up to Brisbane. I'd never been. Uh, with two people I'd met on the internet to attend eight games of footy on one weekend and meet more people from the internet. It sounds insane, really, and helped the Parramatta win as well. Uh, League Limited, which is a great online um, rugby league magazine you should all get around, they said that the Vic wrote a pretty good article about it too. Isn't that sweet? At Mateus underscore Giannis, um, Corey's boy, he tweeted Dragons. His highlight for the Dragons was rise of the next golden generation of juniors, especially Sloan. Football generally, he said Manly's re- resurrection and Norman not being re-signed. <laughs> At the NRL Roast tweeted, his highlight of the year was that Titans fan with his shirt off swinging it around. That was great. Uh, at not LV05 said, hearing his young fellow scream, go Knights for the first time. He looks like an absolutely beautiful young man. I'm sure he is if he's Elvie's offspring. At the Sean Chand said, Knight's perspective, the Saifidi twins. General fan, the top tier rookies look really good. Laurie, Schuster, Walsh, Walker, probably a few I'm forgetting. Uh, at Swiss underscore Cowboy, 78, he tweeted, My highlight of the season will be the next weekend when I will be in the north of England watching some live rugby league after COVID. Again, and my best mate is on the trip too. Sorry, this isn't NRL related, but I miss live footy so much. No, Carson, that was a great suggestion, buddy. It wasn't, didn't have to be NRL related. At Eagle Eyed Kiwi, he said, heading to Sydney and checking out the Leichhardt and Bank West. Thrashing teams, Tom Travojevic and Queensland hosting the NRL. Yeah, that was good. At B Mac at 42, he said, hey, Big T. Oh, thanks, Bruce. My season highlight. At Manly training prior to round six when Turbo slides up to Dez and says the immortal words, yeah, I reckon I'm good to go. Smiley emojis. At Mofo Storm fan, he tweeted, this season as a whole has been great. Storm were written off by many after Devon Head left. Uh, but Cheese, Fox, Nass, Harry, Iron Ryan and Nico and the rest of the lads have just been stepping up. Nico is a freak. Going to be a buy for the season for the Sharks next year. At Rooster Jams tweeted, just what we were losing our key players every week and kept moving. I never thought I'd be going into the finals hoping Keegan and Hutch would get us a W. I've seen us live twice. Magic round, oh sorry, I've seen us live twice. Magic round and versus Titans. The Sammy Walker field goal to clinch it um, after we blew a near 30 point lead. James, you're absolutely right, that was a good one. And the straight away, let's hear the from a Titan at GC underscore Anthony. Hopefully my highlight will be a big win today to send us off to the finals. But otherwise, I think the length of the field tried by South earlier this season and Fafita's hat-trick versus Newey was machine-like too. Also, the emergence of Preston Jr., Sexton, Firma, and ooh, Maju. Yeah, I think that's how you say his name. At Josh Robert 44 There are so many, he said. Round one, back with full crowds. Uh, round two, at Bank West, in the torrential rain, spending time with my cousins and his kids. 
But the youngest one kept calling me George. <laughs> uh, every Panther win, every game at Panther Stadium and interacting with amazing people in general. Good one, Josh. At the Chapo, Bab, at the Bad Boy Chapo. Aaron Shoop debating. Uh, oh, debuting, I'm so sorry. Magic Weekend, Storm racking up 66 points in a game and Justin Ollum being a bad motherfucker. Justin Ollum is great this year. At Jetso underscore 10. No worries. I think for me, it's the emergence of Jaden Campbell, Toby Sexton, and Greg Marju. Three, uh, these three boys have all had big raps on them, and seeing the potential these lads have is exciting. Jaden, the son of Preston, Sexton, the equivalent of very early first round pick in the draft, and Marju been pushing for the first grade uh, run for a while, got his chance and got rewarded with an extension, and now making the finals. Fire emoji. At Gilby underscore Gillard, Magic Round was a huge highlight, meeting people from pods I listened to, including yourself. Oh, shut up, Ryan. I also enjoyed the surprise of being able to see the Raiders beat the Eels on the Gold Coast on my 40th birthday. Oh, shut up. That's so great. This was an expected, uh, this was an expected thing due to the COVID restrictions. Uh, at Ryan, uh, Ryan T. Jansen, he said, young man got the butt crack showing already oh he's talking about the photo i'll put in there yeah no he does mate get text that straight after his dad at uh the kit and matt they tweeted as a knights fan the emergence of dan saifidi is one of the top echelons of front rowers in the game as a neutral the utter insanity that has been tom travoy 2021 form of course he ended up with a daily m this year at sharks obsessed as a sharks fan it's a hundred percent the emergence of will kennedy for everything else, it's just a run of form from Nico Hines was in. Yeah, well, that's also a Sharks thing, mate. Cody Walker's season and Manly. Uh, Dan, no, at True Fan David Brown. David B? At True Fan... Hey, how come I can't see his name? At True Fan David B26. He said, seeing my granddaughter becoming a supporter and he's put in the most adorable photo of a young kid wearing a Warriors... Jersey, it just makes me want to go for the Warriors. Let's go on, Warriors. Let's go on, grandchildren. At Ross Martin, 1960. Hopefully the highlight is still to come, but the date uh, to date, it's consistency. Minor premiers in 2020 and second in 2021. Also enjoying, uh, enjoyed the, also enjoyed the seeing the joy drain from Tigers fans' faces once the standing ovation of the press preseason games were replaced by boos when the actual comp started. Yes, thank you, Ross Martin. That was... Very kind of you. At Timothy J underscore 23. If I'm pushed to answer probably Queen's birthday Monday with win over Saints. Been a dark year at Belmore though. Oh, sorry, Tim. At the Steves 89. As a Warriors fan, the rise of Reese Walsh. As an NRL fan, all the rookies that have emerged. At Gene Irvine 12. It's a toss-up between the new crop of rookies coming into first grade and having an impact straight away. Or Tom Travojevic having, in my opinion, the greatest individual season ever. At TigPies underscore. Zach Cheney's debut game, and that was good. Seeing all of his mates up there celebrating was awesome. Heartwarming stuff, I agree. At Dom Sullivan 18. Being there for Zach's debut was something I'll never forget. Oh, shut up. That tweet was straight afterwards. That was really well-timed on. And a great photo, mate. Uh, at Terry underscore Bull. Uh, sit back and enjoy, <laughs> sit back, relax and enjoy the day, mate. And of course, Terry Bulls put in a screenshot of one of the weird avies in our, uh, in that video that they took through the Centre of Excellence in um, West Tiger Centre of Excellence. Thanks, mate. At Joe underscore boy, Chad Townsend being released early from his contract with the Sharks, yes. 
at hf2020, sorry, hf2 underscore zero underscore two underscore. The men and women's Indigenous First Maori games at the start of the year. Queensland winning the uh, women's state of origin, means more since there's no NRLW this year. And Storm belting an understrength South 50 nil with the Fox scoring six tries. Oh, yeah, sure, I remember him scoring heaps of tries. At Nove777, Kikau trying to tackle Stefano. He got owned and landed on his ass. At Sixers, at Sixers player, watching the Dragons cook Parramatta at Bank West in the only game I was able to see this season. Oh, at Heathcliff304, your boy is obviously a Nathan Heimarsh fan. Yes, still talking about the uh, photo of my old mate with his little bum out. Uh, at Pies Josh, the second win against Melbourne when we had no right to on form. At Furo for Heisman, fullback play in general has been special this season and we've got some kids that have made their presence known this year, like Walsh and Campbell. And we'll finish with Fat Harry Lazy. He said, as a Panthers fan, the continued improvement of my team, Burton becoming a top-tier centre and Bizza and Romy killing it in origin. Non-Penrith, with Jaden Campbell's debut, Dane Laurie doing Laurie things, South Sydney backline, Tom Turbo, Broncos being shit. <laughs> Well, there you go, team. Obviously, the uh, the feel of the meeting, the temperature of the meeting is that rookies were, were fantastic. Tom Travojevic was fantastic. And uh, each, everyone's own teams had their own little tidbits and highlights that were great. And all your supporters turning up. Thank you very much. Yeah, bruh! I need to say um, thank you to two women. First and most importantly is my wife. She has been so busy and incredible this year with all of the things that she's also working on in her private life and, and things like that. So uh, I won't go into detail now, but she is amazing. and She also encourages and supports me to be better every single week. Uh, none of the podcasts, the teas, the commentary, the extra pods, none of that happens without her. And I mean, she doesn't listen. <laughs> she won't hear this, but it's important, I think, I tell you guys, you know, the beneficiaries of her <laughs> support. Um, she is amazing and I'm deeply grateful to her. The other one is Crabs. Crabs and I only really met last year. Uh, we met at work, so we were workmates for the best part of it, but it didn't take long for her and I to feel that we were going to be much better than that, much more than just workmates, and that we are going to be good friends. But it takes a certain person to befriend someone that quick and then be brave enough to be on a podcast. Um, and and that's a real credit to her. And, and, and she wasn't too worried about her lack or or not lack of rugby league knowledge. She wasn't out here pretending to be an expert or anything like that. And, and that seemed to be quite endearing. A lot of people said that what they liked most about Crabs was that she wasn't pretending to know everything about it. She just said what she was thinking. And um, often that wasn't as detailed or as, as up-to-date as what everybody else who, who's desperately trying to be satiated in a rugby league media. But it's probably a closer representation of what a normal fan is like and so it was just great to have her around plus her whole personality and everything about her is just you know a, a real a real pleasure um she is a delight to look at she is heavenly to listen to and i feel honored to have spent so much time that she sorry spent so much time on the pod and i'm deeply grateful for her for that i'm feeling all right because i'm not going to get bruised what do you mean how am i feeling well enjoy your sport for another week Get around good people on the socials like at Brooklyn Nets AUS. Yes, yes, that's my new uh, basketball account. I'm going really hard this year to try and follow NBA as in the same way that I follow the NRL. Uh, so I've got an account with a whole bunch of people that talk just about NBA so I can focus on that and, and 
Uh, I, I'm doing some art around that, and I'm and I've got a fantasy league around that, and things like that. So I'm trying really hard to to appreciate NBA in the same way they appreciate the NRL over the off season. I'd love for you to come and join me on that at Brooklyn Nets AUS. Uh, I'm obviously a Brooklyn Nets fan because Paddy Mills has just gone there. Fresh start for him, fresh start for me. So that'll be great. He's obviously a champion uh, in the Indigenous space and Australians in general and Olympic hero. So can't wait to see what he does over there. But uh, in a week or two, this show will be back. In fact, although the rugby league season is is going to be moving into, the NRL season, I should say, is moving into its slumbery summer while other rugby league is starting up in other parts of the world, this podcast will be befriending a different sport. It will be befriending the NBA and its co-host will be Cardi B. So when I say enjoy your sport for another week, I do mean sport because if you are a basketball fan, um, stick around. And if you're not, you know what? Just spend a few weeks with it. See if it, if it tickles your fancy this time. Because as I said, this is my first time of really taking it seriously. And this could be your first time of really taking it seriously with me. Uh, you don't have to watch the games or join a fantasy thing or whatever, but maybe just stick around and be rejuvenated from your 90s of love of Jordan and Bulls or whatever you did or Kobe and then and come and follow us on this fun adventure we'll talk to you next time sports best friends we wouldn't have got that win without your support we heard you cheering the whole 60 minutes and we bloody love yous and also just quickly I forgot PS the um the radio program got greenlit so that you know, I sent away a, uh, not a draft, what are those things called, where, where you, uh, a pilot, and they said yes, and so they're, they're really excited about that happening. It's supposed to start in June, obviously never did, thanks to COVID, but um, that starts next year. But just that, even that getting ticked off was so exciting, and just another thing I wanted to quickly jump in here. Thanks for, sorry to slow you down.